Welcome to What's Left, a weekly political discussion challenging the mainstream left. I'm Eduardo Barca with co-host, teacher and socialist Andy Lipson, and community organizing socialist Kenny Cepeda. We are online at what-s-left.webnode.com. Uh, please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications, share your favorite episode wherever you found this episode. Um, thank you. Uh, today we'll be doing a bit of a gamified version of this episode. Uh, we're going to uh, try out, test drive um, a certain software uh, that Andy will go in more in depth about so we can uh, talk more about EdinTech uh, as we are seeing be more and more um, used in public education. But before that, este, uh, Andy, we're going to do an outreach here on What's Left and you have a letter to read out loud. And uh, can you please share that with us? So yeah, before we get to our, our video game, um, we, get, we do on occasion have people contact us through our web node uh, channel that, host, that hosts all our episodes. Um, and we received this letter from a person uh, named Sandra, and, and it really was a great letter, and also it had an interesting idea in it that we want to share with our audience um, and see if we can pull this an, a future episode together. Um, she wrote, just wanted to say thank you so much for the work you are doing on your show. It's giving me a light of hope during this dark time of oppression. Um, I just came across your show a month ago, and it has made such a difference for me to feel less isolated as a leftist who is reject rejecting the, vac the vaccine, but surrounded by my now apparently fascist liberal community. I immediately felt panicked at the start of the lockdown in spring and wondered why those around me had zero response to the lockdown as problematic. And now my best friend is six weeks out from her first COVID vaccine, had anaphylaxis from the shot, and now has neurological symptoms that have not ceased and which doctors have their hands up in the air about. I'm one of the few people she can talk to because of my stance. She fears disapproval and rejection from her community. Um, if she were to say anything about the vaccine, though she has been nearly bed bound uh, because of adverse effects. Then uh, she goes on to write, would you consider a show in which people could give voice to adverse COVID vaccine effects? This information is deeply suppressed online. Again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for your voices. So I reached out to this person and you know thanked them for the letter. Um, and I think we'll probably have this person with her partner on at some point. Um, but we, both myself and Eduardo, and I think Kenny, we talked about this as well, right? About the idea of doing a potential episode of people who experience adverse effects from the COVID vaccines. Um, if you are a, a, that person, or if you've gone through that, or know somebody who has gone through that, who might be willing to go on an episode, this is an episode we're hoping to put together. Um, and if you're interested, um, reach out to us. You know, at the information shown below, it'll be in the video description as well. Um, but essentially, reach out to us through Webnode, and we're going to see if we can put together kind of a panel of people who've taken the COVID vaccine of any sort, the mRNA ones or the uh, the adenovirus one. Um, and feel like they've had adverse effects as a result of it. And we'd like to talk about those experiences and what people's thoughts are about that. So um, that's a future episode we're hoping to put together. And so we're just sort of reaching out to everyone to see if you can help us um, find some folks. And if you yeah. can, and they're willing to go on record, we, you don't have to show your face, you don't have to give your real name, but if you're willing to talk about it, 
um, I think it could be an interesting episode if we could pull together three or four people that we could find. Yeah. I want to say, you know, I say at the beginning of every show, we are online at what-s-left.webnons.com. We're growing as a community here at What's Left. We may be, because of many factors like algorithms, we may be a small channel, but we're on several different platforms and combined with all those platforms, we are growing as a community and people can reach out to us and they can go to our, our blog and web, uh, on the web note. And, and if you would like to know exactly, because you may be hearing it, but you may not know how it's spelled, you can always find the episode notes and it'll always be on there as well as if you ever feel like this channel is shut down and you're, we don't, we're not here, you can always find us at our blog because that's unless we have more state control, we'll, yeah. we'll still survive <laughs> right. at least on the blog. No, but yes, contact us and uh, Andy will respond. He's a very great res responder to all of the messages that come through, even on the YouTube comments. I'm terrible at it. You are terrible at that. Thank you for saying that. Oh, you're welcome. Terrible. <laughs> I'll respond eventually at some point. I, on my I'm, list of I'm things apologizing. <laughs> Rory, I appreciate your listening. Eduardo is, I'm sorry he didn't respond. Kenny doesn't respond to I'm sorry. I didn't say that too. We're down together, Kenny. Oh I'm going to drag you with me. <laughs> Thank you for socializing your failure. <laughs> <laughs> so there's two. There's two. There's two co-hosts here that don't respond. So. <laughs> I will always do it, though, eventually. I promise. It's on my list of things to do. Let's go back to the episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Right. Um, so we have today um, a software that we're going to try out. Yeah. Uh, Andy, why don't you give background on this software? Yeah. Um, I mean, this company is uh, a company which basically, I'm, I'm a science teacher, so this is a company called Labster. Um, I saw one of their articles that they had done that was in Nature Biotech. It's The title of the article is Improving Biotech Education Through Gamified Laboratory Simulations. Um, and they, they say that gamified laboratory simulations motivate students and improve learning outcomes compared with traditional teaching methods. And in light of the stimuli episode we had, I thought it would be interesting to actually, you know, let's have one of us, not me, uh, actually play one of these simulations. Um, and this simulation is available to me till June 30th. So I figured let's give it a try. And Kenny has volunteered to, to do that. Um, I can say, I'm gonna share my screen and say a little bit about Labster. The Labsters two was co-founded or founded in in Denmark in 2011 uh, by this guy Mads Tvillingard Bonde and Michael Bodeker. I don't know who who they are. Um, and here's the About Labster page. Um, Labster is a company dedicated to developing fully interactive, advanced lab simulations based on mathematical algorithms that support open-ended investigations. We combine these with gamification elements such as immersive 3D universe, storytelling, and a scoring system, which stimulates students' natural curiosity and highlights the connection between science and the real world. Um, the labs are being used at uh, California State CSUs, Harvard, Gwinnett Technical College, MIT, a bunch of other places, Berkeley, University of Hong Kong, Trinity, University of New England, Stanford. Um, something else that I noticed, let's see what they say. Uh, Labster's goal is to make science and education accessible to any student with an internet connection and a laptop. 
Our vision is to help students educate and empower the next generation of scientists to change the world and solve global challenges. And you can see this beautiful uh, picture of all these students. They actually look kind of young, a bunch of them in a, they're all got their computer screens there in a giant uh, auditorium. So you can see there's a lot of learning going on there. Um, and uh, they, this is their kind of like a flight simulator for science students. Students learn science with Labster Virtual Labs in much the same way that pilots use flight simulators. Labster Virtual Labs are immersive 3D simulations that were developed by scientists and educators to support your curriculum with game-based learning, engaging storylines and 3D visualizations that spark students' interest, learning at a deeper level, um, and they urge us to use this in any way we want, uh, use them in classes that are delivered face-to-face, -face, hybrid, or online. Um, so that's the last little part down here. Um, and I guess they're already in 2,000 high schools and colleges and university partnerships of some sort. In light of the fact that I do think this stuff is going on, like more and more there's going to be an online experience in education. Um, and in light of the stuff we talked about in stimuli of data collection and potential problems in this, I actually thought it would be worth it to ask one of you to kind of walk through one of these games and let's test it out. Um, and I want to say that, you know, um, obviously I'm biased. I think probably Kenny's going to be somewhat biased. I think Eduardo's going to be biased. But my job is not, I don't feel like I'm just going to like thrash this game. Um, I think we're just going to take a look at it and see what we make of it um, and see, do we think it's going to be draw people in? Um, I, it's got problems no matter what. Even if it's the greatest thing of, of all time, it's got problems for me. But I just hope we, I, I'm actually planning on taking a, <laughs> as open-minded a view as I can about this uh, program. Yeah, and I I think we the reason why also Kenny would make sense out of us to try to take because I'm basically a luddite. I barely use. <laughs> I don't game on anything. I the last time I played anything Nintendo sixty four or sixty nine, however it's called, was when I was sixteen, fifteen years old. So I don't play games. Both of you play games, or both of you have played games recently. Maybe not in the past month. But more recent than I have, certainly. Yeah, for sure. I've I've played games before. Um, not like the most avid gamer, <laughs> but for sure. Um, I'm curious. Uh, I'm I'm willing to get my brain rewired. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think for people who are just listening, I don't like if you're not watching this. I don't know how effective this episode is going to be. We'll find out, but we're going to give it a try anyway. Oh, yeah, this is a episode where people have to be visually. I watch think, this. but yeah, you know, and, and I don't think we should try to like walk people through it. I think we just got to deal with what we're seeing and and respond. So, which, which already I think shows some limitations, right? Of these things that are just visual uh, for certain populations. Yep. Um, right, because some populations, um, you know, the blind, for example, I can think of they need their hands to be able to interact in the world. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. All right, so I guess uh, we're ready to play. Yes. Are we already in the game? No, no, no. no. Oh. Uh, <laughs> we, we were trying to set it up. I, I just found it curious that you have to use Google Chrome. Um, and also, uh, there isn't a box that you have to check to opt in to get a. I think it has to do with your data being like collected, but it's not really an opt in because unless you click it, you're not, you don't really have an option if you want to play. 
<laughs> you can't control the, the 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 how your information is used or your experience in the game. Um, so to me, like at first sight, it doesn't seem like an opt-in, which is something familiar in other areas of our lives, right? Where we just click, you know, uh, click our rights away, you know, for things like uh, Apple and you know all these. Uh, tech companies where you go to a website and you, you got to click, uh, you know, use all, or collect all cookies or whatever, you know, data. So, we, you know, it's really not an option. It's just a facade of an option to me. Yeah. There we go. Let's get Google Chrome. And then, sorry, let me see here. There we go. All right, we're in the simulation. Um, can you... Do you see like the the bar? Yeah. Okay. It says evolution generations of an of This an simulation uses voiceovers. If you don't have audio, click the speaker symbol on the top right of your lab pad to switch the play mode. If you disable the sound effects, the lab pad will slide up whenever there are instructions to read. You can select what type of audio you prefer. Deselecting any of the options will mute that option. Click continue to learn how to navigate through your mission. Click continue now. Using the lab pad is an important way to get the most out of this simulation. Is this the first time you've played a labster simulation? Uh, yeah. This. this is your lab pad. Use the lab pad at any time to access relevant theory about the lab or additional instructions on what to do next. You can slide down the lab pad by clicking anywhere on the background. Try it out. I'm trying to click uh, in the background. Oh. Well done. Okay. When your lab pad is lowered, you can listen to me without having to click continue. Highlighted objects require interactions. Arrows help you in finding their location. Wait, so there is like a little uh, floating. And camera. Kenny, you've seemed quieter. Oh, Do we all seem quieter now? To raise it. Can you? Do you hear me? Yeah, I guess it's okay. How about you, Eduardo? Can you? Hear I me? muted myself, but now I'm going to Don't mute, mute yourself, dude. This is a reaction video. <laughs> oh. All right. I'll I see. Our reaction. I see. For more information. So I'm just commenting on like this camera thing, like an eye that's looking at me. Yeah. Like, there it is. Surveillance. Yeah, I find it very interesting. And, and I saw the plant. <laughs> the plant is covered in a glass sort of terrarium lookalike. <laughs> that is very futuristic yeah exactly is this supposed to be a spaceship like are we are we like in spacex i don't know but anything biological needs to be sealed away in glass collect while playing click continue it's gonna be hilarious make sure you read the information in this white text box carefully you won't be able to access it anymore after you click continue wow we can go back it's just moving forward you can or cannot go back i cannot okay Okay. I've never, yeah. There's a bunch of information on the this lab pad thing. There's a lot of images, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me continue. You can access all relevant information in the four tabs above. Right now, you're in the home tab. Click on the theory tab to learn about the four tabs of the What's lab What's the theory pad. tab? Let's see. Yeah, we got a click theory. Oh, so it's just... Oh, has expired. Pages access token has expired. Plus, please refresh the page to request now new access token. The like re refresh, like the whole like. Refresh thing? it, yeah. Just refresh. Uh, escape. 
we'll probably cut this part if we need to refresh. No, it, it just it is what it is. This part of yeah. So the resume, I guess. Uh, how do I refresh this? No, say so refresh the entire page. You'd have to go to Chrome. Like the browser thing. Okay. Yeah, the go just ref that little i that little circle uh, arrow. The one with next to the it's above Gmail. Gmail right yeah, there. above Gmail. Yeah. Okay, it's refreshing the whole thing. So we're loading again. Oh, here we go. Definitely enjoying that loading stuff. Wait, what time did class start? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure this is the oh my gosh, week. look at us now. I'm sure this is the first week, right? Like of setting up this uh, lab stuff, like the fundamentals of using it. Yeah. So wait, I have a question. It, are, what grade is this for, meant to be for? I imagine it's high school and maybe first year of college, maybe. Okay. Hmm. I mean, it already feels like a regular video game where like you got to set the fundamentals, right? Of like uh, certain tools um, to be able to play it. And so like the first 5% like, of the game is like just getting new um, skills, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> this yeah. is loading. Well, what's going on here with this loading thing? Uh, should I try again? Yeah. So we're, uh, we're stuck at 24% loading. Now they're telling me to use Firefox. They first had told me uh, Chrome. Oh, no. Look at this exit page. Yeah. Okay. Let me try reloading it again. Oh, there it is. It's moving. I didn't touch anything. All right. Here we go. Okay. It was just my patience. Yes, I'm so uh, desperate to learn that I, I can't wait. <laughs> so this image, we were talking about how futuristic, again, this is the outer world, right? Like so much green and like high-tech buildings, it seems. Um, yes, it's humanity and nature all in one. I think this is what, uh, what the Apple spaceship thing must look like. <laughs> That's right. It does. It looks more like uh, one of those uh, those living domes that they are going to put on, on either a spaceship or on Mars. Mm. Right? All right. So let's start again. Welcome to Labster. Here, we will learn about the mechanisms that have led to the mind-blowing diversity of life on Earth. All right. This simulation uses voiceovers. If you don't mm -hmm. have audio, click the speaker's... Using the lab pad is an important way to get the most out of this simulation. Is this the first time you've played a lab? This is oh, your lab no, pad. You're doing it again. Use the lab pad. It well done. When your lab pad is lowered, you can listen to me without having to click continue. Highlighted objects require interactions. Arrows help you in finding their location. Now click on the corner of your lab pad to raise it. Is, your, is that that let? Is your oh, you just moved into the room? Yeah. All right. You're not going to do it with the lab pad? I mean, I have to. The lab pad will guide you through the virtual lab and store all the information you collect while playing. Nice. Click continue to proceed. Make sure you read the information in this white text box carefully. You won't be able to access it anymore after you click continue. You will not be able to. Relevant information in the four tabs above. Right now, you're in the home tab. Click on the theory tab to learn about the four tabs of the lab pad. Mm -hmm. The lab pad guides you through the virtual lab and will store the information you collect while playing. 
the home tab contains the instruction in, in quiz questions. You are currently in the theory tab. If you click on words in blue, you can access more information. The media tab stores the images you have collected during the lab. The mission tab contains the checklist of the task you need to perform. Uh, click on home to continue tutorial. Right. Use your mouse wheel or drag the gray bar on the right side of the lab pad to scroll down. Okay. Swipe the touchpad on your controller to scroll down the lab pad page. Scroll down now and click on the option on the bottom of the page. Okay. You can rotate the camera by clicking and dragging so, your cursor to the side. So this is teaching me how click to on the background to lower your lab pad and try it out. <laughs> in case you end up in an odd position when moving around, you can recenter the view by pressing the home button for more than a second. Can you try can you it put, out now? Try to lower her volume because she just is loud. Then look forward again and recenter one more time. Voice, go to and voice. Continue when you know how to use the home button. Voice. Oh, that, that. yeah, I'll just I think that'll. That'll shut up the. This oh, you can't. You can't like lower her. Lower her vo voice. I so. I mean, just on my computer, I guess maybe. So I'm just reading, trying to catch up. Can we get to something that actually does something? Yeah, it's moving. If you ever get stuck somewhere, you can click me for help. During the simulation, I will ask you multiple choice questions with four options. Only one is correct. Let's try it out. What is my name? Click on the theory tab to find out. Wait, what's her name? I didn't catch it. I'm guessing that she's AI assistant. AI yeah, assistant? Yeah. <laughs> nice try, but that's not my name. <laughs> What's her name? Crap, we already got it wrong. Okay, I'm just gonna Try continue. Again. What is my name? So we're just Click gonna do process of elimination. <laughs> Not Dr. Wine, Mary Mary? Yeah, let's try Mary Mary. Mary Mary. Mary. Nice try, but that's not my name. <laughs> okay. Try again. Drone aid. Click on the nice try, but that's not my Dr. name. Dr. One? No. Dr. One? Well, oh, Jesus. That is what? the correct answer. That's scary. <laughs> You <laughs> will get 10 points if you answer the question correctly on the first try. For every additional attempt, two points will be subtracted I from see. your score. Oh my gosh. Question is not scored. That's why the score on the top left of your lap Social credit scores. I know. We're already at negative eight. Are we? <laughs> the lap also show you images relevant for the simulation. After being shown, they will be unlocked and available in the okay. media tab. Click the view image button to have a look at the hazardous symbols that you may encounter in this lab. Huh. So this looks familiar uh, from the lab, I imagine. Yeah. Yep. Uh, health hazard. Okay. Yes. Basically, don't get anywhere near a lab, which is why we're doing a a, a virtual simulation because labs are dangerous. You can track your progress in the mission tab. Go to the mission tab if you want to get an overview of your work or load from a checkpoint. You can also see your this progress mission, in the virtual huh? lab time okay. on the top uh, right of the lab pad. It's an adventure. Every time you begin a lab, the clock on the lab pad will read 8 a.m. Uh, man, this is annoying. This is going to be one of the most <laughs> annoying episodes of all time. Do we have to listen to her? <laughs> okay, like this. I actually think we should turn her off. Okay, well. Good job. <laughs> now you know how to use the functions of the lab pad in your controller. It's time to get hands-on. You can interact with the objects in this lab by clicking on them once. You can interact with the objects in this lab by pointing your controller at them and clicking the touchpad. I, I find it curious that they if chose that voice because they can, you will see a they can use a, you know, an 
Number in body case an object voice. is out of view, you will see arrows on the side of your field of view. Are you ready to start with your mission? Yes. Perfect. Then let's get started <clears throat> with your first mission. And so, wait, question, is this already, like, in trial in school? Yeah. This... I mean, I assume they're using it because they're, they're letting me do one of their online simulations that they probably use. So, okay. this is, a, like, a legit simulation. All right. So, let's start the mission. Uh, so, what do I do now? We've just gotten word from a remote beach in Cambodia that a sea creature carcass has washed up on their shores. We need you to go collect a blood sample to analyze. Okay, so we're teleporting to Cambodia, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Ponlu. I'm so happy you are here. This animal carcass floated into our harbor. We were wondering if it is one of the rare megamouth sharks that has floated up from the deep ocean. We need your help in figuring out what kind of animal it is. Use the test tube in the icebox to collect a blood sample from the carcass. Where's the icebox? You're playing the game, dude. Click on the icebox to open it. Click on the test screen to pick it up. Click on the sea creature practice to collect the blood sample. Okay. So. Maybe you have to look around. I think it's just the yeah, icebox right there, Tinny. Oh, 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 like it, oh I, I gotta pinch and click and like. So yeah, I'm on a boat. It's pretty, it's pretty jumpy. Is it jumpy for you too? Uh, probably because you're doing the. Uh, click I'm on sharing. the lab pad for okay. more information. So um, what I'm wondering is, it jumpy for you or no? No, it's not. Okay. It's pretty steady over here. Okay. So my hand. Click on good. the sea creature carcass to collect a blood sample. Put the test tube containing a blood sample back in the ice box. Okay. Awesome. Thanks for the call, Ponlu. It's time to go back to the lab. Well, I'm glad I traveled to Cambodia for that. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't, I don't know what, you know, it just looked like any other water. Well, it's, it's very convenient that they... Using um, next generation sequencing, we determined that this colony. creature might be closely related to blue whales. Whales evolved from wolf-like creatures such as the Pekisetus. Let's go to the evolution simulator to see how they might have happened. It's time to play and fast forward through time. Enter the room and go to the evolution simulator. I'm just looking around over here. To see. Yeah, there's a lot of plants in behind glass. Yeah, Contained. I see that. What about what's in those lockers? Let's go check it out. <laughs> what a container! <laughs> oh, you're putting it. Oh, yeah. At least they have a hand of a person of color's <laughs> hand. <laughs> yeah, right. It's very inclusive. <laughs> It's just lab codes. Yeah, each one has a lab code in it. Okay. What about the backpack? There's a lobster back backpack. There is this, you can't uh, open it. Okay. So Not you can't really code. touch anything else. All right. Let's see. Uh, Click on the lab pad for more information. I think we have to go through that gate, huh? Or that door. Yeah. I think it's the front door, though, right? The, the one that was facing when I first came in? Yeah. This one. And how how easy are you finding like moving? Uh, it's it takes a second. It's not like obviously it's just a mouse, so it's not like uh, using a controller. Yeah. So uh, Doctor One. How oh, can I help? Doctor One. I am a bit stuck. Difficult to use a lab pad now. 
Let's continue. Let's do this. I'm just oh. free to click on me whenever I display the info symbol. All right. So where do I go here? Click create ecosystem to set up the simulator. Okay. Great. We will simulate the evolution of Pekisitis on this virtual island. What the hell just... Wait. So I'm creating a simulation with this uh, piece of technology. What, uh, this, what does this have to do with the blood from that sea creature? I think it's going to incorporate it All right. um, in a second. Let me just do it. We'll simulate the evolution of, ev simulate the evolution of these two... Um, Pekisitur. Like right. dinosaurs pe or something, right? Oh, yeah. pe Pekisitus. So whales came from these animals, according to this. Okay, so continue. Click start to release a male and a female on the island. Oh, okay. Observe the frequency of Charles's allele in the population over time. Oh, there it is. There's this graph on the right. Hand. Their genes are randomly distributed among their offspring. Oh, this is confusing. Each square symbolizes an allele, meaning a different form of a gene. Note that half of the genes always originate from each parent. Okay. So am I supposed to have some background to use this program? I think you were supposed to maybe to look at the theory and um, mm. observe the population growth on the floating the screen. Blue? I don't know. The floating screen. Okay. Prey is abundant on the island, so Pekisitis reproduces oh, fast and individuals quickly inhabit the whole island. Now it's getting glitchy. The genotypes <laughs> of the population are shown below. Take a look at the alleles in the first generation of offspring, the F1 generation. What percentage of alleles are passed on from the original mother and father? Okay, I'm lost right now. <laughs> what happened to that screen? We were looking at an image a second ago. Uh, the other one, I think it's right here. Let's say click down here. No, that's not. Let me ask a question. Let me talk to Dr. One. <laughs> look, Eduardo's checked out. This, this has. Yeah, it's not, it's not responding, Doctor Wine. Eduardo's on his phone. No, I was trying to make sure there's no. Uh, Click on the lab pad. Signals from, from my phone. Okay, lab pad. Okay, there we go. <laughs> oh, there we are. There we are. Prey is abundant on the island, so Pachycetus, whatever, reproduces fast and individually quickly mm -hmm. inhabit the whole island. The genotypes of the population are shown below. Okay, and what do you make of that little thing right there? What is it? What do you? Uh, I mean, just like I guess random selection of genes. Let me yeah. see if I can click on any of these. Um, like, I'm just curious what you make of it. I mean, there's some things I can possibly make of it, but I mean. <laughs> Or Eduardo, you? Well, I think it's just giving you uh, how the genotypes are distributed from one from parents. I, I'm not sure if this is necessarily will help, unless you're doing a lesson with it, right? But I don't know how this is going to be independently used. I mean, so I like, yeah, I mean, this is where I would I would want to ask someone, you know, like. Like, what is this? <laughs> like, how do I understand this? Because, like, other than this, there isn't anything to, you know, like, I was trying to click on Dr. One and there's no help, right. really. Right. 
And I think as a teacher, I would have to know, like, I'm assuming uh, for the female on the left that is under P, generation P, which means the parents, F1 yeah. is, the, is its progeny. Um, mm. And it had one female and a bunch of males. You see that? Yeah. Um, mm. Then I'm assuming that that A1 up there in the top left-hand corner, that that's an independent gene. And, and that it has an, an, an A1 allele and an A2 allele, right? Because it's got A1 and A2. So uh, the guy, the, the, the kid on the left, take a look. Take a look at the kid on the left. Mm -hmm. um, they got A1 from the parent of the mom. Yeah. And they got A3 from the dad. Yeah. You see that? Hmm. Yeah. So now I'm starting to walk you through it a little bit, but this is what I think they're doing. But I, my sense is, is if I didn't say that, you were just going to begin to check out. You wouldn't be sure of anything that you, you could make some, some, some guesses, but I don't think you'd feel very sure about what you were doing. Not really. I mean, that's, I have glossy eyes right now. Like it's just an image to me. Um, let me see if the theory thing. Oh, there it is. So this is where I would have to read, I guess. Uh, the Hardy-Weinberg principle of equilibrium states that a population's allele and genotype frequencies are inherently stable, and unless some kind of evolutionary force is acting upon the population, neither the allele nor the genotypic frequencies would change. Uh, and then the, the equation is here. Um, so is this something you cover in class or like, I don't do biology too much to me. That looks like, a looks like, um, uh, what is it? Like P plus Q multiplied by P plus Q. That's all that looks like to me. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a mathematically, right? Yeah. Do you have P plus Q in parentheses and P plus Q in parentheses? You get that. So I, I'm not that familiar with that, but. So, I don't know who P and Q are. I bet P is maybe one parent and Q is the other parent. Yeah. Let me, I can go back to image. Um, media. This is the one we were looking at, right? Like, no, not that one. Yeah, right. See. Oh, I see. They're showing us pedigree after 20 years, 10 years. So things start to get mixed. It just looks like a bunch of squares to me, different colors. Let's see. I'm just browsing through images. There's still some that are locked. So yeah. I, have to, I have to go through the. We have to proceed and, and make some success. It'll, our curiosity in science will make us proceed. Well, I'm not too excited about having to read these without. <laughs> I know. Okay, and I like reading, but yeah. I like science. Yeah. <laughs> But the, this mathematical tool allows us to detect deviation from the expected commonness of gene versions, alleles. So now they define it. And as such, discover evolutionary pressures on a population. Uh, the Hardy-Weinberg principle assumes conditions with no mutations, migration, emigration, or selective pressure. This sounds like economics where you limit a lot of variables. <laughs> Just to, I guess, to set a principle. Yeah. Uh, or selective pressure for or against a genotype plus an infinite population. Wow. We know population 
While no population can satisfy those conditions, the principle offers a useful model against which to compare a real population changes. Okay. Even Hardy and Weinberg recognize that no natural population is immune to evolution. Populations in nature are constantly changing in genetic, make, genetic makeup due to genetic drift, mutation, possibly migration, and selection. As a result, the only way to determine the exact distribution of phenotypes in a population is to go out and count them. <laughs> well, how do we do that from a virtual lab? <laughs> well, the Hardy-Weinberg principle gives scientists a mathematical baseline for a non-evolving population to which they can compare evolving populations and thereby infer <laughs> that evolutionary forces might be at play. If the frequencies of alleles or genotypes deviate from the value expected from the Harney-Weinberg equation, the population is evolving. And then like they define evolution so in blue. Evolution is the process of changing the population of organisms over many generations. This process of genetic and phenotypic change has resulted in the modern diversity of life from a few ancient common ancestors. Uh, okay. 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 Yeah, there's more, more to learn. So selection, mutation. I want to go back and take my chance because I got tired of reading. So I want to go back yeah. and take my chance with the quiz. That's how I feel. All right. So what now? Let's see. Let's pull back. How do I pull back? Okay, what now? Doctor? Doctor one. All right. It's not, it's not responding. There she is. Okay. So here we go with theory. Mission, back to the mission. So we went through introduction, evolution simulation. Have zero out of ten. Are we, are we saying that we already worked in the lab? We're thirty-six percent progress. Uh, I wonder if that's like the whole simulation for you know. What have we learned so far? Uh, I've learned the Weinberg and something principle. And a lot of fancy words that I don't fully understand. But they sound fancy. <laughs> Phenotype. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. We've made thirty-six percent progress. I don't feel like we've learned anything yet. Let me. <laughs> we teleported to Cambodia. <laughs> okay. So what is this? I want to play with this. We're encouraging okay. students to have international experience. <laughs> I wonder if this is like a, a site mission. Oh, there we go. Only in Cambodia do you find dead carcasses. <laughs> Oh, I have a back button right here. <laughs> They're the only ones that have dead carcasses. <laughs> and you mustn't travel there right now <laughs> through the plane because it might just be dangerous. Teleport yourself. What do I do now? I'm stuck. So This plant's not covered. This may be the safe space. <laughs> right there's some plants that are not sealed up i feel i don't feel safe <laughs> um all right this is like a name of specimens and time of years <coughs> okay 
que es, am I supposed to like, you know, scroll down all the way down and say, yeah, I agree? Yes. <laughs> move on. Okay. Mission. Okay, home. Your theory. Wait, this is day one. I just looked at uh, the this thing, evolution. So far, you have a zero. I know. I want to get points. I'm, I'm getting frustrated because I want points. Okay. How do I get points? <laughs> well, that's definitely what the goal of science is, is to get points. You know? Come on, Dr. Wine just checked out. <laughs> they did. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Is Dr. Wine supposed to be a, a teacher somewhere in, like, the Pacific Standard Zone? <laughs> yeah, <this is laughs> or maybe somewhere you know more more they locked they're logged off they went to bed somewhere okay i'm gonna ba go back here and i think we even bored the ai yeah it's not talking to me so i'm completely on my own here do you have any ideas to where what you, what you should do i think um Go to the different things and click on them and like see if we can because we had a blood sample. weren't we supposed to do something with the blood sample? Yeah, I mean they sent me here. There was a refrigerator. Can you go to that find the refrigerator that had the? I gotta travel back to Cambodia. I don't know if you made it with me. <laughs> no, I think it came with you. There, there's got to be the your ice box yeah. is here. Let me go over there. Go right. to your ice box. Go look to the right. I thought right there. That what? is this how I escape. Connecting the matrix. Okay, so I'm turning around. That's the that's that original. Lock remote. her out. <laughs> Get <laughs> away from me. <laughs> go somewhere else. Oh, there are different passageways. We that's can another progress there. I'm go allowed to go. Does it let you go that way? No. Well, at least now we know that it won't be so boring in the virtual world once we're connected. <laughs> I mean, they'll give you paths that paths that you can't access. So I got a glove. Maybe you need gloves. Ah, you didn't have gloves. Get the and get the, the the goggles on. Maybe that's the problem. I can't touch them. Okay, but now we, we, we didn't have glove. gloves on before, right? I'm just gonna. I didn't have any gloves. Yeah. I'm getting more. Just wasting them. All right, this so this feels like, like keep the room. Go back to the other room. Is that the ice box there? There. Right there in the in in, in cerca de la planta, right there, close to that. Like, I oh, think it's that red thing. It's the red thing. I'm clicking on it. Nothing happens, right? No. I mean, I'm sure I have to put it in and here. And what about so that thing right there? You have to put you have to put the sample in there. Can you press start? Determine sequence of DNA samples quickly and efficiently. I'm sorry. I clicked on it earlier, but it didn't do anything. I'll go back. Okay. That's like Look. an invisible tele, um, virtual person. So I'm sure I have to sequence the DNA for that sample, but I think I feel like I have to go back to the story. Go to the file. What did it say? It said phylogenetic tree something. Phylogenetic tree generator. We're not making any progress. Yeah. Okay. Let me try to go back to that table. No, no, no. I'm fine. I mean, it's just it's just the way it is. You know, that's the way it is with science. Sometimes things move very slowly. But I mean, I, this is on me now to figure it out. 
Yeah. No? Uh, and this is this is where I would go to YouTube and find <laughs> a, like, someone who has played the game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and find or find some sort of like clue. But I think I think Doctor One just checked out on us, and I think that makes it a little difficult. Yeah. Should we, can we write a review somewhere? Ah, there we go. Wait. If you go to mission, yeah, and then it says, if you check the box of evolution simulation, does that mean that we no, go to that? I tried. Uh, so it doesn't do anything. It, this is only, this is only a, um, like tracking my progress. I see. Because it says the last save was performed 18 minutes ago at 21% yeah. progress. So for 18 minutes, I haven't done anything well we, we made an additional 14 percent 15 percent progress <laughs> hey doctor you're really frustrating me just following me watching me and not helping me <laughs> oh man i feel like i'm at a store you know where like i look suspicious well that's why you have to have blue hands you're not do i have to read everything maybe that's what it is oh that would be that would take a long time yeah because i'm i'm you look i'm keep expanding like every time i click on a on a blue thing oh look at the dna structure that's cool But our, our progress is not can, it's not carrying on. We're not getting. And we, where is your thing about? Point? Oh, we have zero points, so we've done nothing. So, but look, I figured something out. The more I click on blue words, the more I get tabs on the left. Oh, I see. And then I can go back to them. See now, like I keep getting more stuff down here on the left. I see. Uh, so I just have to explore, I guess. They basically are trying to get you to read all this stuff, right? So yeah, but also, um, this episode is not long enough to read all this. No. So genetic drift. I'm sure that's going to be a movie for. Uh, Fast and the Furious 10. <laughs> Fast and Furious 10. Brought to you by the uh, Apple, uh, uh, what do you call, uh, movie producing company, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Amazon just bought... Uh, MGM. Yeah. So, you know, they'll be in the business of talking yep. about this. So I'm just opening stuff on the side. Leos. I mean, you certainly how opened a lot of things, but... We haven't progressed anywhere. Yeah. Okay. What now? Theory. Wait, wasn't there a question there? Let's see. Where did you see the question? I think I just, I thought I just saw a question. Right there. Take, yeah. So take a look at okay. the alleles in the first right. row of offspring. What percentage of alleles are passed on from the original mother and father? Okay, so I got to go to theory. What was it in allele again? I think for 
for the, because we're trying to have um, this episode not be too long. Andy, if you can just provide the answer. No, I will not do that. That would be unscientific. That's not how I roll as a teacher. I want you to learn by exploring. We are, this is how we progress. Like I have to answer this. And it's also... Uh, so I here's your chance. Now. Kenny so, and Eduardo, I, I think I know the answer to this question, I think. But y'all have to do this now. This is your learning moment. Oh, Jesus. I would say it's a random percentage. No, it's not a random percentage. Well, 50, something 50, I read 50. about was 50%, something I remembered a long time ago. Okay, we're you got it. The yes, parents pass on a random mix of half of their genes, which mm -hmm. results in a unique genotype of the offspring. If you look at a single allele, you can calculate its frequency mm -hmm. in the population. Did it. For example, in the parental generation, the frequency of the yellow A1 allele would be 25%. This is because out of the four alleles for the A gene, only one allele is of the A1 variety. Mm -hmm. okay. Let's have a look at the A1 allele after another generation of reproduction. Calculate the allele frequency of the A1 allele. Does the allele frequency of the whole population compared to the founder population change? Just, I just got to... What was the question? They're asking, is as you go from P, I think, to uh -huh. F1 to F2... Oh, here's the question. Uh -huh. does, the, does the percentage of the, of the allele, like A1, change? Yes, it does change over time. It does. It gets you start to go farther and farther away because you're introducing other other people. But, but I count more, well, percentage, right? Mm -hmm. No, but I count more on this, like F2, like the... Right. I count more. Look, like F1 has A1, A1, just two. So you got to answer the question. Yeah. Just that's what I would have said. Increases. Uh oh. Let me look at the gender too. I have to look at the gender thing. Female. If you're watching this, this is the time when you should check out. Female. So it increased. Well, what do you think, Eduardo? What were you gonna? We're gonna see. Calculate. So I'm trying to figure out what is what it is asking. Any lifesavers? Can I call someone? <laughs> Just give right, me go, go back. Uh, I'm gonna go to Look, at this point, because I'm a student, I'm frustrated. I would just guess. Yeah. You know, like I would just guess if I don't understand stuff. No. I don't feel it. Correct. First, you need to count the yellow squares within the whole population. The allele frequency can be calculated by dividing this number with the number of loci. A locus is the position where the allele can be found. Each individual gets half the genes from each parent. Therefore, there are two loci for each allele. Okay. So uh, yeah, I got it wrong. I thought it, it, it decreases over time. But that was just looking at the number of yellow boxes up there. Yeah. Look there. There. there are three yellow boxes out of a total of one, two, and in the top, there's two yellow boxes. Right. And the total number of boxes in both both versions are the same. So how are you going to say the allele frequency decreases if the number... Well, well let's look so at our... Put, 
for that, it's also asking us to add this. Look at this. Calculate the allele frequency of a one P plus F one plus F two. There's a calculator there. Right? Yeah. So there's one. Hold on, two, let me choose one now because Oh, compared to the founder population. It's compared to the that was the other thing. Compared to the founder population, it would definitely decrease. Decrease? Yes, because it's the founder population. You're trying to make me I look wrong, Andy. I, I got it wrong too. Because so I didn't get it wrong. You're the one who gave him the answer. I didn't. I know. So don't say two. Because it's compared to the. It decreases. No, this is incorrect. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> First, you need to count the yellow squares. Number with the number of loci. This is the position where the allele can be found. Each individual think, gets half the genes. I'm going to say right now. My there PhD should be stripped from me. For each allele. <laughs> So right now, so we we have we can only we we take it two points taken away, right? Like every time we answer something wrong. But I guess I they should be taking points away, but they're not. I don't know why they they're not. Well, I think what once they give you the score, right now we're not getting any score from this a question. So oh, maybe the allele is gender specific. Look at gender the gender. Specific. No, espera. Go up. Let me see. It is gender okay. specific. It's only on the. Yeah. You know. um, I don't see what that has to do with like. Well, it, it, well, because like the Maybe males. Maybe gender specific. The males have two, and the females, female has one. Well, yeah, and sometimes. So I don't think it's gender specific. Specific because there are some males. Yeah. That have it. But so, so I guess the the allele so frequency stays. Apparently, the, the allele frequency stays the same. Okay. I, I would go with D though, but okay. No, go with the go with C. We're gonna try it. Got it. Okay. The random distribution of the genes we, we, we got it. even Brilliant. distribution over the We're whole population, and the allele frequencies stay the same. Ooh, look, sixteen. They took two points off of us. Four. They they took they took four points off of us for getting two. This phenomenon was also observed okay, by the nice. English mathematician Godfrey Hardy and German physician yeah. Wilhelm Weinberg. They stated the principle of equilibrium to describe the genetic makeup of a population. The theory, also known oh. as the Hardy-Weinberg principle of equilibrium, states that a population's allele and genotype frequencies are inherently stable. Which of the following phenomena could disrupt this equilibrium? I think we know this. Uh, so it's selection pressure, I think so, for sure. Mutations, obviously. Uh, no. Migration, I'm not sure. This is but, the infamous, I mean, all of the above has got to be the answer. You got it. The Hardy-Weinberg principle of equilibrium is the theoretical model and very rarely applies to real populations. Okay. In the real world, there are always evolutionary forces disrupting the equilibrium. The Hardy-Weinberg principle gives scientists a mathematical baseline of a non-evolving population to which they can compare evolving populations and thereby infer what evolutionary forces might be at play. Due to the small size of our Pechicetus population, it is very susceptible to genetic drift. Genetic drift happens when there is a loss of certain alleles due to chance. Is that? Anyway, I would just say... It's called accessibility, MG. Yeah, that's true. I see. Continue. Continue. Let's see what happens after a couple of decades. Okay. You've moved up 38%. 39. Oh, 39. 
I feel smarter. So. Why does the population not continue to grow exponentially? <laughs> we just killed each other. The carrying capacity of Nina has been reached. Uh, why does the population not grow exponentially? I would say, I would say either, Eduardo, do you have a guess? Wait, why does the population not continue to grow exponentially? Uh, hold on, old individuals, yeah, seriously, really, no, it's the individuals kill each other. I mean, then again, we're using the model right here, right, like that kind of leaves the, um, ex like external force, external pressures, out of the equation, right? That's high. So yeah, I would think it's D. That's what or I would say. A. Yeah. I think we should go with the, the carrying capacity of the island. Precisely, the natural habitat has only enough resources for a certain number of predators because their prey is limited. Let's have a look at the genotypes in the Pekicetus population now that a few decades have passed. Here are five random individuals and their genotypes. Which statement about the frequency of the yellow A1 allele is true? It's gone. I don't, I, I mean, this just proves that you can really learn by multiple choice. Yeah. So why do we get graded then? <laughs> I cheated. I, I was graded for getting it I, wrong. I feel like there's not much. I feel like what this is, is a, is a basically a glorified multiple choice test. With some, where we teleported to Cambodia for a moment, picked up some blood from a sea monster or a sea carcass, and now we came back and we're now we're taking a, a, a multiple choice test, which more, I feel like tests are background knowledge than our actual, I don't feel like we did any learning. <laughs> and in my case, my background knowledge didn't help us at all because I was wrong a bunch of times. And you know, I think I remember some of this. As Are you there? Yeah, what happened, Kenny? Uh, my internet was, I don't know. What happens with that in terms of our recording? No, we're, we're good. We'll just come back and you can go and do it again. I was going to say what helped me understand some of this was um, when I had a teacher that taught us uh, to use our own family members eye color and hair color and height mm. can you see my screen i can mm -hmm. okay um i don't think i think you'd have learned more if if you would have done a sea carcass of a of a creature in cambodia I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's answer these questions Okay, which statement about the frequency of the yellow A1 allele is true? Turn the shit around. Um, so I don't see it anymore. Okay, let's keep going. Which statement of the frequency of the A1 allele is true? The allele frequency has changed from the initial population. The frequency of the gene is constant. Within this subset, the allele frequency is the same as the initial population. The frequency is within the Hardy-Weinberg equilibrium. 
I, I think I know what I would put. Oh, wait. Can I see the 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 image? Yeah. So A1 is gone. Yeah. So that allele is not there anymore in the pop in the population. So so I I think I know which answer I would put then. We put A because I think has, that's what I would do. Because he has definitely changed. He's not there. Mm -hmm. But then we were talking about the Hardy Weinberg equilibrium earlier. Mm. I'll put I'm A. Thinking of that Harvey Weinstein. Right? Hardy related. Hardy Weinberg. I'm going to click on A. A. I think you should. Yeah. The allele frequency changed. It seems like the yellow A1 alleles vanished from the population. I have checked and can confirm this as true for the whole population in this simulation of evolution. And that means evolution. You can evolve then, right? If those yeah. little start to go away. Turns out the A gene, or locus in question here, is responsible for the shape of the inner ear. Individuals with the A1 allele had worse hearing than individuals with the other alleles for gene A. Not surprisingly, good hearing is important for successful hunting. Individuals that don't hear well have a much lower fitness. This means they will die younger and are thus unable to pass their genes onto the next generation. Survival of the fittest. This sounds like a perfect eugenicist uh, dream. Yeah. Which evolutionary force leads to these allele frequency changes? Genetic drift. Um, which please? So, I would say no. I don't think I would say genetic drift. That's not my answer. Eduardo, what do you think? Well, it would be it's the natural selection. That's no? the one I would have put. Yeah. Let's go to little Darwin over here. What a fit brain you have. Every organism produces more offspring than what would be needed to replace the previous generation. This leads to natural selection. The unfit individuals are less likely to pass on their genes. Selection is the key driver of evolution and results in a change of the population. The Hardy-Weinberg equilibrium is a theoretical model that does not apply to most natural populations. The, the good so, thing about this is the thing, though, is I, I still don't think we're learning anything. Like, I think we're, we're there. This is like a pretest to what I knew before I came into the class. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, none of this stuff that we just said is stuff that we learned during this simulation. I mean, is it just me or can anyone? No, I, well, I mean, I think you would have to read the stuff that they gave you, um, like in the theory. So it's there, but it's definitely not an interaction. Like you right. said, it, it is. It is just a test, a multiple choice test. Um, it looks to me like an online textbook with a multiple choice test with some images. Because mm -hmm. I, I was hoping to see some videos and stuff, and you know, of, of things uh, like evolving and moving and explaining in that way. Yeah, I would be more engaged with that. Um, well, the, the, at least she told us that we were pretty smart, though. I mean, so better. I've, never, I've never heard that a compliment. You know, what a fit brain you have. I didn't say, I did not, I did not say that to you when you were in class. I never told you how big a brain you had. Because they're, they're interested in your brain for sure. And, and also, 
I'm really happy at the selection they're going to do by tapping into our brains and having a good profile. You know, like, they're going you know, to put their brains to work. That sounds like that sounds like zombie apocalypse kind of shit, right? Fit br- Look at that brain; it looks very tasty. Your brain, not your body. I'm sure <laughs> your body's fine. Just care about your brain. Oh, Eduardo's not amused. Poor Eduardo, he's it's sick just, out, man. This is this is too much for him. This is it's just yeah. It's a it's I I don't know how to keep. If I was a teacher to keep my students engaged doing this. I don't know. At this point, I would say you got 56 out of 100. You still have not passed my class. That's you know, what I would say. You know what this reminds me of, too? Uh, it's um, knowing about the people that work from home and, like, how they're they, – what they're basically, they're, they're logged off if they're not moving their mouse. <laughs> they have to be there moving their mouse like every certain period, which is an arbitrary thing by whoever sets up that, that program. Yeah. So I think that's the way that's that's going to be your job. Make sure kids are moving their mouse, you know, in, a, in in advancing things in a timely manner. Well, they've got they've got that little eye up there to keep checking that. And then the ones that get below a certain point, you tell you you don't tell them they have a fit brain. You just stay. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You don't you don't bash them, you know, but you just like you're like, eh, you know, right. you should play something else. This is not for you. <laughs> Natural selection. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna continue. In relation to evolution, natural selection is the is the mechanism. In relation to evolution. What do you think, Eduardo? Which one are you gonna pick? Uh, hold on. It's not the purpose. I don't think that's Hold on. Let's come. <clears throat> I think the mechanism. Eduardo's going online right now to see if he can find the answer. Yeah, this is an AP test. <laughs> How am I going online? <laughs> That's answer. not the way this is supposed to work, Eduardo. You're supposed to, <laughs> you're supposed to I, like, respond to the game. You're not supposed to cheat. I'm, I'm not cheating. <laughs> we should share my screen right now. There's nothing. Why well, you, don't get, you don't get tokens for this. For that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just going to say, anybody can cheat now that you mentioned it. Andy. Well, Dr. One is watching you. <laughs> I don't think your brain is very fit, Eduardo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think it's a mechanism. It's a, in relation what do you think, Eduardo? A, B, C, or D? So result and outcome are the same thing. There's to me, they're you know. This is why I don't like working with other people. I just want to move on. Man, <laughs> <laughs> we'll do mechanism. Yeah, no. I would say mechanism. You're right. Natural selection is one of the evolutionary mechanisms like that leads to a that population that is better adapted to its environment. Natural selection is a very simple process without a purpose. You know, you know what this also makes me think of? Like the sounds, the visuals, the reward. Uh, going to the casino. You know, this reward, <laughs> yeah. the reward in like certain machines that talk to you, you know, and I give you a story. I say my story just enough to keep you engaged. So it's you keep true. clicking and pressing the button. And yeah. Yeah, it's totally true. Yeah, I could see this. It's like gamified Vegasness. I mean, yeah. Let's continue. Which of the following sentences is true about evolution? 
species are constantly changing to survive. Oh my god. Natural selection leads out into the Eduardo, what do you think? Organisms at risk of invention evolutions. I think I know what, which one I would I would answer. Well, well I think A makes sense. Yeah, but I don't, B B sounds like it's A, but obviously saying it in a way that's <laughs> that's that just sounds like fourth industrial revolution right there. Natural selection weeds out individuals that are unfit. That's got to be the answer. I think that's the answer to this, and it makes me think of you know. I think the, the computer would say A. All right, uh, Kenny, you're playing the game. You got to decide A or B. B. Fantastic. Natural selection. Oh, I told you, man. Particular environment, but they for talk. good enough is good enough. No organism has to be perfect. For example, many taxa have changed little over great expanses of time. They are not marching up a ladder of progress. Rather, they are fit enough to survive and reproduce, and that is all that is necessary to ensure their existence. So you just got to be a C student. <laughs> I think our score is looking very good right now. 76, yeah. Other taxa may have changed and diversified a great deal, but that does not mean they became better. They simply changed. After all, Earth's conditions change, climate changes, rivers shift course, new competitors invade. Fitness is linked to the environment, not to progress. In fact, species that have changed the least have survived through the most environmental changes. Mm -hmm. Humans become cyborgs. I mean, yeah, we're not good enough. <laughs> Natural selection is a non-random force that can reduce diversity. Another evolutionary force that is more random but also creates diversity is mutations. Mutations are changes in DNA, analogous to changing a letter in a word. Mutations occur in all human cells on a regular basis. Severe mutations usually result in cellular death. If several mutations accumulate without killing the cell, they can lead to cancer. Mutations that occur in the germ cells of the parents, which are the egg or sperm cells, can be inherited by the offspring. Often these mutations lead to a developmental defect and the embryo dies. So, Eduardo, you mentioned about um, this being ac about accessibility, you know, the, the voice. Maybe that may be one reason. Uh, yeah, I'm just curious as to what that does to people that, you know, like... Uh, don't need that, you know, in terms of being able to read and stuff. Um, you know what I mean? Like like it's reading deaf for or no, 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 like people without, uh, you know, like deafness. Um, just you know, I guess if I can call it like normal people, uh, like what would that? I doesn't that inhibit your ability to read the fact that someone is reading to you? Oh, like able bodied people like yeah, us, yeah, yeah, as they. I don't know. I I read some study some time ago where reading and listening to it at the same time, sort of that connection allows you to understand the text better. I think that's something I've like. I sometimes have read, like I read the the book Roots, the big thick book Roots, listening in audio form, but also reading the text at the same time helped me a lot. Hmm. Uh, so. I think for some people, but yeah, it might be, I don't know. It might be. I find it harder. You Well, her voice, voice is not is the weird. best voice. Yeah. And she's reading <laughs> at a different speed than I would read. And it's actually distracting. Yeah. Well, it doesn't work for everyone. And it though. keeps me from reading. 
Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what, what I was getting to. I'm not yeah. listening. <laughs> Into like I kind of follow, but I'm mainly listening. I right. think we'd have. There has to be the option of having to turn her on. You can do that. You can actually turn the sound off if you want. All oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, continue. But I think for the podcast, we should leave it on. The back of the embryo. Instead, a healthy pecicetus male is born. Let's call him Charles, Charles after Charles Darwin. Charles's mutation leads to abnormally high activity of an enzyme that is responsible for bone formation. The mutation results in heavier bones and Charles develops a bulky stature. Charles is slower than his siblings and not able to catch enough prey. But against all odds, he stays alive by patrolling the beaches and searching for carcasses of marine animals like the blue whale Ponlu found in Cambodia. Ironic. His bulky stature turns out to be an advantage against rival males and he is able to dominate a rich shoreline and produce offspring. You go, Charles. <laughs> well done. Click restart to turn the wheel of time again and record the number of individuals that carry Charles's unique allele. Oh, we're making progress here. Observe the population numbers. It looks like Charles's allele persists at a low frequency within the population. What property of the population has increased as a result of the viable mutation? What property of the population has increased as a result of the viable mutation? Look at the graph. Can we look at the graph again? The number of specimens. I don't know. Oh, allele. Charles allele. Charles allele has grown. Yeah. It's I don't think I understand this one. What property of the population has increased as a result of the viable mutation? Uh, yes, Tim. I think. Number of genes. Maybe D, carrying capacity? Maybe. The theory this we're supposed to go here. Oh, we're going to have to read now? Apparently. Did you do that or did they do that? I did. Um, multiple choice. I don't see, think it looks that... like Charles persists at a low frequency. What po property of the population has increased as a result of the viable mutation? Genetic variation? DNA length? I don't know. Yeah, I guess we have to just guess. I would. I'm just gonna say. What would you guess, Kenny? Um, I'm I'm gonna go through process of elimination, not DNA length. Um. The number of genes. Well, that those don't change, right? Oh, maybe there'll be more genetic variation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know what carrying capacity. Me either. So I'll go with B. You're right. Exactly. Charles's allele increases the genetic variation of the pecicetus population. Even though dense bones and a bulky phenotype is a disadvantage in most of the environment, Charles's offspring are able to reproduce, and the mutated allele persists in the population. And they hang out on the shoreline with their big bones. After 100 years, Charles is long gone, but his mutated allele lives on in the gene pool of the population. The population has reached an equilibrium. 
and this could potentially continue for thousands of years. But changes are imminent. Let's say ocean currents around our island diverge and the climate changes. Rainfall decreases and the vegetation on the island changes accordingly. Click restart to see the effect of the drought on the population numbers. Mm. Mm. Observe the population numbers after the change in climate. So the wild types yeah. Well, Charles is doing pretty well. Charles, folks, because yeah. uh, looks like it knocked out. This population collapses during the first years of the drought because their food source diminishes. All the Pekisitas are forced to search for food along the shore. The competition intensifies and individuals start to hunt in the sea. The heavy bones derived from the allele introduced by Charles enables the Pekisitas to float low in the water and hunt like a crocodile. Mm. This shifting lifestyle favors Charles's allele and the genetic makeup of the population changes. Changing lifestyle. <laughs> oh, look at Charles's. Charles would be proud. His allele is doing so well. It oh, looks wow. like 100 years after the climate on the island changed. The entire population carries Charles's gene. What is this phenomenon called? Oh, I don't. Know. I'd have to read to know that. So I don't Sympatri know. Sympatric speciation, allopatric speciation, adaptation, divergent evolution. I'll go with D. I would go with D. Now, this is incorrect. Ooh. Please try again. That's some points off for us. So the only okay, we should scenario is the I don't think I mean you I don't remember even seeing those words. Yeah. Maybe adaptation. Let's try adaptation. I recognize that term. This is a seventy This is adaptation, not speciation. We For speciation to occur, two new populations must be formed from one original population, and they must evolve in such a way that it becomes impossible for individuals from the two new populations to interbreed. Speciation can be a result of the geographic separation of two populations, called allopatric speciation, or can occur within the same location, called sympatric speciation. Oh my God. Sapiens, you got it. I'm, I'm still going to ask this question now. Mm -hmm. Have either of you learned anything yet? Um, I mean, I think this is more of a profession for me. Um, but I, I also feel I don't learn in a public space. So. Me, I'm <laughs> the world is watching me <laughs> as I'm learning. <laughs> you got to put your ego aside and... and... <laughs> I'm what do you say, Kenny? Would you say you would you say you've learned anything from this thing so far? We've made seventy percent progress. I'm learning words, <laughs> but uh, I mean nothing like concrete, really. Um, I don't. I honestly think, like, I'm not. Yeah, this isn't this isn't learning for me. This is no learning here. I mean, like, yeah. you know, you're right. It's like a game. Like it's a game, literally a game where, like, there are parts of games that I just skip. 
through and, and, and like gloss over and just to get through it, you know, and to get to the end of it. But, you know, it, it doesn't mean that I did everything. You know, I just like cut corners as many as I can just to get through the boring parts. Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm really surprised at how little is present in this thing. It's got like bells and whistles that indicate there might be a game here, but it's like we took some blood from a sea animal when we teleported to Cambodia. And I don't still, I'm not even sure what's happening, but this is all related to that because we just went down, we're doing this fake after we took this blood from a fake carcass in Cambodia, now we're doing a fake simulation of these two fake dinosaurs. They, they have to talk to the people that made uh, uh, God of War, because at least there you learn some mythology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. It's, yeah. This, I, yeah. It looks like something that a teacher would hand to a student and say, I've done my job here. Look, look at the, look at this interesting looking thing that has this shell that looks almost interesting and then hand it over to the student and be like, okay, now you just, now you deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so I, as, I, as a teacher can, can act like I just did my job. You as a student can act like you learned something because you can find a way. Look at, we got 94 out of a hundred yeah. and we didn't learn any of that. Like that was a combination of good guesses, background knowledge and like, luck yeah it's not and it's not very engaging really um but yeah i mean like you said i i didn't even have to read to kind of get through it you know i just had to kind of guess yeah and if you were going to embed the reading you would want the reading to be embedded as you were doing Mm -hmm. so that you wouldn't it, it wouldn't be this whole thing where you were like having an online encyclopedia that you had to walk yourself through that almost was unrelated to the thing. It's just, this is not good. I'm going to click continue. In this case, the heavy bone phenotype is better adapted to a semi-aquatic lifestyle and the frequency of the gene within the population increases due to natural selection. Mutations such as Charles's heavy bones accumulate over time and lead to diversity within the population. Natural selection, on the other hand, weeds out unfavorable allele combinations and favors individuals who are better adapted. Yeah, I mean, this reminds me of a bit of um, going to UC Berkeley, too, <laughs> and having a 300-person class, you know, uh, lecture, yeah. um, where you just, all right, we're going to go over some stuff. Hopefully, you read the book that we wrote, you know, from the professor. Yeah. Uh, and then basically like how I felt when I was in, 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 in Berkeley, uh, that education is really about what the work that I will do, you know, yeah. but I'm, you know, I'm getting charged to struggle basically. And I'd be, uh, guided through you know, an actual learning. Yeah. And I think even if you did your due diligence and did this whole thing, like legit, I don't think you learn that much because it's, you could just as easily read this in a textbook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's basically that, just a textbook um, with some interaction, I guess. That's that's what I get. But even, yeah, it's not like, again, exchanging. Because, again, not everyone learns the same way. You know, people need explanations in different ways. 
and at least that's what I think. And this just the one thing, you know, and there is. We've had our lab gloves on this whole time to do what? To take a test, to yeah. do multiple choice questions. Yeah. And the blood sample is melting away. <laughs> I know. I'm going to click continue. Here is another locus. There are three different alleles that influence the fur pattern of pechicetus. Okay. Click start to simulate the allele frequencies of the three different alleles for fur over time. What's that? Distaste? Disaster. Okay. Complete guide. <laughs> different allele frequencies are constant over time. Let's see what happens if there is a natural disaster and the population suddenly decreases. Note which allele is most abundant, then click on the disaster button to simulate a natural disaster. Click disaster on the hollow table to observe the effect of a disaster on the population numbers and allele frequencies. It's taking us three days, by the way, to do this. Yeah, I feel like God. Just Eight, four. Created a disaster. Created Each disaster, disaster decreases the population size, which increases the likelihood of genetic drift. This phenomenon is called the bottleneck effect. If a large proportion of the population is suddenly wiped out, the genetic makeup of the survivors becomes the genetic makeup of the entire population. Hmm. Click on the lab pad. Choose whether you would like to continue simulating disasters. <laughs> Would you like to continue simulating? No, I think we should stop because it's 7.15. learned about the most important evolutionary mechanism. <laughs> and we need to give our, our commentary. This episode has been a disaster. <laughs> I think we should stop because Kenny has to go at 7.30 and I think we should at least have some time to do our commentary. We're at 86% progress. You can just no. skip through it. Like just say I would do in class if I had to do it. Pinkies constantly adapt to their environment. Okay. The largest animal that ever lived on our planet. The okay. Where are we at now? Teleporting. We're going back to Cambodia. Probably. Holy smokes. They teleported us again. Welcome back. Beach scavengers are having a feast on this carcass. That's impressive that it is a blue whale. There's Dr. One. Mind-blowing that it is similar to a wolf and a shark. I guess I got tricked by the analogous features between whales and sharks. What else can you tell me about evolution? Click on a topic below if you want to discuss it in more detail. Oh, for crying out loud. Now, discussion and end the simulation to complete the simulation. Aren't science and nature absolutely amazing? Call us again if you need help in the future. <laughs> Oh, uh, all I know is we went exactly to the same exact place in Cambodia. It's got the we same exact guy. It's got that same carcass. Hey, uh, you're missing the, the give us feedback. <laughs> Do you feel like you gained relevant? I completely disagree. Okay. Thank you for your feedback. Your score has been saved together with your 100% progress. Hey! Congratulations. You have completed the simulation. We hope you enjoyed it and you feel wiser now. You see, oh, you wanted to quit. You wanted to quit. We are smarter now. Our brain is, exactly. our brain is fit. We got our completed simulation. We, this, this is not, we can now go, get, go on to earn a badge. All right. That was it, huh? You took us four days. All right. All right. So stop sharing. <laughs>
Yeah, and we'll get out of the game. Pon, Pon Lu, is that his name? Pon Lu? Yeah, you'd like to use. Okay, that's not true. Stop sharing. There we go. There you go. We're back from, from Cambodia. <laughs> All right, Eduardo, where should we go from now? This will be the wrap up. Yeah, I think we should um, talk about our commentary. I think, to be fair, I'll start. Um, I think, to be fair, this is one of many out there. And I, when I was a kid, there was one learning game that was a lot better than this game. So I don't think it's fair to base this virtual learning game on other ones that might be better out there. Still, even with the learning game that I had when I was a kid, I forget the name of it now, but I I still feel it was um it wasn't very I didn't learn much. I, I learned encyclopedic information, but it wasn't what I as a kid needed to interact with the world and understand the way the way <clears throat> excuse me, the way the sensory world functions so what this misses is that that three-dimensional experience of the world that we live in because that's how we do learn you know i mean one of the senses that we forget besides the five sensory senses you know there's hearing there's sight there's taste there's um i miss one hearing sight taste is to touch and what other one i'm missing See? Yeah, sight, sorry, um, is our vestibular system and our proprioception uh, uh, sense, which proprioception has to do with uh, muscle memory, right? You, you walk up the steps and you don't have to remember or look down. You, your body remembers how far to go every time you take a step. The vestibular system is to know the direction of your body, where it's at in, in relationship to the, to the earth. And these experiences are only... And these senses can only be stimulated through three-dimensional experiences. No matter what people say, no matter how good the programs are, no matter, I've heard people say, this is quality education, we're doing our best. This is nothing, nothing compares to in-person learning. It just will never compare. And that's just something we have to live with and, 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 and stop trying to pretend like there is quality education when nothing can replace in-person learning, just nothing and nothing will replace traveling, nothing will replace hiking, smelling, touching, feeling, embracing. It's like, if those people want to say that, then I'd like for them to have virtual sex and talk to me about saying, you know, oh, how quality of that was, you know? Yeah, I actually, I actually expected this thing to be better. Like, I, I wasn't gonna give it the benefit of the doubt because I don't like this way of, ed of learning. But I was like, I thought there would be more here. I, I, I've played video games. And these people basically had a paper that says that this simulation and things like it are going to, not only will they help if you've learned, if you've learned biology and some biotech, it will make you a better biotech student by virtue of doing this in addition to that. But also they say that if you did this alone without, an, without a teacher, you, you would learn more. Hmm. And that, I just think that's, that can't be true. Like based on what I just saw here, this, this was, um, this was basically a glory. I, I can go online and find 
information that's on like about alleles and you can just read stuff and then you can get a take a quiz for it. It was a multiple choice question with a bunch of reading and you teleported and then you moved, you clicked onto a few things and moved. I think that some things broke. Dr. One abandoned us halfway through. Um, and the, so this, that, that was way sadder than I expected. Um, and I, I know for a fact that a teacher with Skittles could probably produce a better lesson about alleles and, and, and how, and how things, you know, procreate and how you start from the parent generation to the F1 to the F2. I, I know that like, and you get to touch it and then you get to work with somebody else and you get to ask a question um, to either the teacher or a fellow student. So this is awful. Like, but they can improve the technology maybe, I guess, but I, I don't believe in 2014, they wrote, that was six years ago. They said that this, that program is better than learning it in class. And I, I think that's a lot. I know that has to be a lie because there was no learning there. Everything we did in that program was based on things we already knew before we started the program. That's what we were accessing background knowledge by and large. Um, and you can't just read by learning and then click and answer a multiple choice question on the basis of that. That's, that's not a question about science. That's a question about reading comprehension. doesn't mean you retain it and in any meaningful way, we didn't do anything. And it, it was lifeless, not just for its, 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 its computer thing. It, it was lifeless as a game. Like, I mean, Kenny, you played Uncharted 4, man. You saw what that game was like. I mean, that's crazy, you know? So, um, and Uncharted 4 is not lifeless. I mean, it's really, you know, you have to sneak up behind somebody and strangle somebody or shoot somebody, but you feel like there's, you're, you're involved in, in the world there, you know? So I was pretty, I'm surprised how poor it was, um, to be honest. Yeah, for me, this is not, it's not new. You know, I think I've seen this, I saw this when I was in high school uh, in, in some form, you know, there's always, it's always been an attempt to you know, incorporate um, technology into um, learning, quote unquote learning. Um, I remember the Oregon Trail, you know, little things like that. Um, but um, yeah, just like we discussed during the video um, or the interaction, it just seems like it's just a text, you know, you're reading a text and you're being guided through it. And, you know, I agree with you. It's not learning. I hear what Eduardo was saying, you know, like the, the interaction, the exchange. Uh, I even wonder about like actual new knowledge, you know, and, and challenging ideas. Right. And because that's the core of science, uh, being able to debate. Right. Like uh, when we look back at the Enlightenment, whatever. You know, you have people debating ideas, and, and I think by and large, we, we've reached a point where, um, for many reasons, you know, that we've kind of discussed with, like, uh, other episodes, we've reached a consensus of where their debate is not really allowed. Um, yeah. And so these, these mechanisms scare me because this is just a delivery system for the official storyline. Exactly. You know? And, so and, so uh -huh. I just have to say, like, there are different ideas about how things really evolve. That have nothing that that aren't really about these allele mutations. You know, there are other models for evolution that explain why species, how different species are generated. So they're they're definitely loading the dice and saying, here is what the answer is, and here is what you are learning by 
discovering the answer that we are producing for you. You know, and, you know, we've also had that episode with, uh, well, a couple of episodes uh, with Eric Lerner, right? Yeah. Uh, about the big man theory and why, um, you know, there are big holes in that theory, just yet it is pushed as gospel. Uh, we've obviously gone through a year and a half of some claims um, that have resulted in a lot of, you know, insidious things. And so, again, if this is what the future of education is, you know, then in, in again, in segregation, right? You were saying that kids are going to do this on their own, basically. Um, and just, again, having someone to monitor whether they're interacting with this screen. Uh, where, where is, you know, um, where is the space for the rebels? You know, the, the people that will question or the people that just learn differently, the people that need more answers. I am one of those persons. I don't take things at face value. I want to ask more questions and what is being told, you know? And so who do I talk to, you know? And, and so it, it, it is scary in that sense because it is, it puts you in a box that, it, that like, like we said before, uh, I think Alison McDowell uses that quote, that the, you know, algorithms are, are coded opinions. You know, and you, Lipson, you said that um, uh, this is a world that has parameters that were designed, you know, and it is limited by nature. And I think that alludes to what Eduardo was saying, um, you know, that learning is beyond just memorizing things, <laughs> you know, just uh, that's not learning. Um, and, and, and the other thing that I think of is that, you know, the more I learn about Western science, Western math, physics, all this stuff, in, in, in understand, I, I heard this uh, scientist, Western scientist saying that Western science is very good at taking things apart and studying them individually, but not seeing them in, in summation, not working backwards to put things together. And so, you know, so we have issues like climate change that we don't fully understand. You know, we have experts of different areas, but they don't really talk to each other. Um, and, and so, yeah, again, all these things add up to something that is really scary and very or Orwellian, I guess, to me in my in my mind. Um, and you know, and again, this is you're talking about kids that whose brain paths are will be developed doing this in in you know in 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 limited in many ways to in the things that make us human. You know, like the interaction, the the struggle you know, the different ways of communicating and learning, the different questions that we come up, you know, by being different. Yeah. I mean, I think that the first thing that Eduardo said about the plant covered in glass, in many ways, is like emblematic of what this way of learning is, is like, if science is anything, it's about trying to discover what, discover the natural world, like, the world that we live in and what are some properties of it and how does it behave but it is it's the real world and you can't discover the only the only thing you can discover in this world is where the bugs are that allow you to like break the program you know allow you to get into little gaps in the program everything else there's no discovery it's just literally uh being rewarded for walking down the path that they want you to walk down yeah I mean, uh, there isn't anything else I would add. So, so this will be a good place to conclude. Este, that was an interesting game. If you survive that, <laughs> yeah. you'll survive the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, if you stayed with us during that game, I'm I'm pretty impressed because that was some boring shite. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> that does it for this week's episode. <clears throat> What's left is a weekly political podcast as channel challenging the mainstream left. We post information about our topics and our guests on the episode notes wherever you found this episode or on our blog at what-s-left.webnote.com. Uh, you can find past episodes to this podcast slash channel there and connect with us. You can contact Andy and Andy will respond. I remind folks, if you like anything you have heard here, please share your favorite episode, uh, rate, review, subscribe, turn on the notifications to our platforms on um, Spotify, iTunes Podcast, Stitcher, Google Play, BitChute, Libri, L-B-R-Y, Odyssey, O-D-Y-S-E-E, or YouTube and Telegram. And if you would like to give us feedback about something you've heard or suggest something for us to cover, or suggest something for us to cover, contact us through our blog. I'm Eduardo Barca with co-host Kenny Cepeda and Andy Lipson.